How deep is your love? I say, I say, I say. What do you call a podcast that's about food and love? And then you say, No, no. What? No, don't stop recording. We stopped. Don't stop recording. Just because you fucked up. <laughs> Dimples to die for. <laughs> a sense of comedy that really needs improving. So I start. It does though. Because look, I, I say, I say, I say. What do you call a podcast about food and love? And you say, I don't know. What do you what call? What do you call a podcast? Right, should we try to do that properly now? Okay. Should never have let him have a glass of fucking wine. Right, here we go. I say, I say, I say. What do you call a podcast about food and love? I don't know, Hardeep. What do you call a podcast about food and love? Hardeep is your love. Oh. Fucking idiot. Um, hello, lovelies. <laughs> Beloved listener. Lovely, lovely podcasty. Should I just make that word up? Podcasty? Person that accepts a podcast? Podcasty? Done. Okay. If you're listening from OED, get it in for next year. I hope you had a good week. I have had... Excellent week. Can you hear that? Do you know what that is? Seagulls. Because I'm in the town of Glasgow. I haven't been here. I was on holiday. I was in lovely Ayrshire. Where was I? Ayrshire. Um, Burns country. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Great produce. There used to be a lot more pig farms down there. Actually, I was thinking about that because we did the, the podcast on Portbelly. Um, and I was just thinking about how there used to be. I mean, but it's just... Ugh. I worry about farming now, you know, because of Brexit. It was difficult enough farming before that happened. Anyway, that's not why we're here today. Do you know what we're here today to talk about? Do you know? I do this week. Do you? Well done. Well done. Top of the class. Black pepper. Now, you're probably thinking, gosh, that's curious. How are you going to get anything between 20 and 35 minutes on black pepper? But it's fascinating and integral to the story of, uh, of not just Punjabi food, all Indian food. Now, let me explain why. Nathan, when you go to an Indian restaurant you don't normally frequent and you're looking for a dish, do you like it like mild, medium or hot? Do you have a preference? Medium. Medium. So how do you know on a menu in a place you've never eaten before how hot the curries are? Is there some sort of visual symbol they give you? Often it's three or two chilies. Chilies. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And those chilies denote to you the, the pokiness, if you will, of the dish. Do you know what's so funny about that? Is that chilies were not indigenous to India. So this whole system we have of, of, of denoting heat and spice um, actually was brought to India by the Portuguese and the British through empire because they're South American. Yeah, chilies are South American. So prior to the kind of colonization of India, the spicing occurred with black pepper. Now, difficult though that is to believe, that's the way it works. So that's why for me, so if you've ever been to any of my pop-ups, or if you've ever been to my restaurant, you'll notice that the final garnish on pretty much every dish is a, a dusting of black pepper by way of homage to the origins of that food. Um, if you've ever had a black pepper lamb, black pepper chicken, those are the dishes. There's also an amazing, I do a black pepper paneer. Now what's interesting about that paneer, and we'll, obviously there's going to be a podcast on paneer. How can you do a podcast on food 
any food and not have paneer, the most delicious and the blandest of cheeses, yet delicious at the same time. The paneer, so in the Punjab, uh, you have a, a kula paneer, um, which is an open paneer. So, you know, what paneer comes in those kind of like cubes um, that in, in the time of insurrection and revolution can be used as rubber bullets. Because <laughs> think about it, you could really fell some baddies with paneer projecting at 70 miles an hour. Um, that's that's a pressed paneer. Um, before it's like that, it's uh, like, um, nuggets, little kind of nuggets, like mints almost. That with a black pepper masala is sublime. Because you, you know that kind of the soft comfort of paneer? And that kind of that, that kind of wide milkiness. There's a kind of wide milky flavour to it. The sharpness of that black pepper just cutting it with a really strong tomato and a white onion. I always use white onions paneer. I just think it works better than the red onions. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, so if you see any restaurant menus with a black pepper, this black pepper that on it, eat. Because generally you don't have those on your menu if you don't know what you're doing. So you're gonna, it's as good a recommendation as you can have. So, uh, the way I use black pepper uh, is across the board. I eat all my desserts have black pepper in them. It's the weirdest thing. But again, we were down at the hop yard and I am not strong. For those of you that watched Celebrity Masterchef and followed my work, I will write about puddings. But when I write about pudding, I spend a lot of time researching it. It doesn't come naturally from me. Now, why is that? That is because in the Indian subcontinent, we don't have a pudding tradition. Now, I can hear the voices raised around the nation. Watto, young man. I am very familiar with rasgulla, with gulab jamun, with jalebi, with barfi, and all these things, of course. But they're not served as puddings. They're served as sort of sweetmeats through the day. Now think about this for a minute. I mean, of course, brown people love incredibly sweet things. That's why there are so many brown dentists. See, cause and effect. Um, but we don't have the tradition of following. We don't have a kind of starter main course pudding tradition. Um, but I like to use black pepper because I think it's such a strong indicator of uh, provenance, if you will, kind of, kind of conceptual provenance. So we were in Hopyard, the lovely Hopyard, and Kathleen said, my right-hand woman, you must know by now, um, uh, in the words of Barry White, my first, my last, my everything, um, my best mate. So she said, we should do a pudding. And I'm like, Kathleen, you know how I am with puddings. And she said, well, can you think of something? And I said, well, we could do an Eastern mess, the play on the word Eton, being Eastern, replace... Kind of the, the raspberries or the strawberries or the berry fruit with with mango, so freshly chopped mango. And I use the, the African mango ironically because I, it's firmer. And I, I'm I've had a lot of mangoes in my life, as you can imagine. Like going on holiday in India. See here, growing up, you'd have one mango and you'd watch it to make sure it didn't go off before you ate it, right? Because that's all we could afford when we were wee. Um, and even now, I can buy one or two mangoes, but I'm very wary of them going off because like it was a big amount of money not to eat it at the end um but in india you'd go and at the end of dinner the 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 the, the servants would bring and then we had servants and we didn't have so we had servants everyone has servants in india even the servants of servants that's the truth they'd bring buckets of mangoes and put four or five buckets of mangoes iced water 
and you'll just pick one up. As you're chatting as we are now, just lean down, pick one up, bite the top off, and suck that kind of perfume, golden, fibrous sweetness. Um, but I had a lot of mangoes. And I find the Indian and Pakistani mangoes too sweet, too perfumed, and they can dominate a flavour. In fact, in quite a lot of the yogurts you get here, they use the Indian mangoes, and it works well in yogurt. There's also a dish, a pudding from the south called Shikanth, where, where they, they often flavour it with, with mango. That works. But per se, I, no, I'm, I'm, I don't. But the African, I love. They're, they're a bit yellower as well, and less orange. And I find the yellow works better against the kind of the, the, the white of the double cream and the smashed meringue. And then you have the sort of passion fruit scattered the seeds, those lovely bitter sweet seeds. And then black pepper just on top because I've mixed some icing sugar through the double cream. And so what you get there is you get just this beautiful perplexity of flavour. It changes with every mouthful because the proportions change. The amount of black pepper you get as you get close to the end is less black pepper because, of course, you've scattered on top. Um, that was a big success. Um, I also uh, like black pepper and, and strawberries with balsamic vinegar in a sandwich. Have you ever had it in a sandwich? <laughs> See, people do that. People do exactly what Nathan did there. It was kind of... <laughs> Are you mental, big man? I'm not. So what is jam? Mm. Strawberries and sugar. So I'm saying sugar, strawberries, basil, black pepper. It's But it's got to be thick white bread, not shop-bought white bread. It's got to be the sort of bread you get from Mrs. Megan's or, do you know what I mean, or Mrs. Khan's white bread. Thick cut, sourdough's good too, you know. And again, just, you know, just toss the, 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 the hulled strawberries. You have to hull them. Do you, know, do you know what hulling is? Do people know what hulling is? You take that top bit out. Don't just half them. Take that top it out because that catches and it doesn't. It's not a nice flavour. It's a it kind of it can really depending on the kind of the, the 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 batch of strawberries you've got, it can really profoundly affect the flavour of the entire batch if you don't hold them because you're eating what can be like ten percent bitterness, and we all know there's no need for that. Um, so I like black. I also like black pepper in my cocktails. I do a black pepper martini. I know, I know, you're looking at me. I don't know those eyes. Are those, ooh, make me one. Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah? <laughs> yes. We'll do that tonight, we'll do that tonight. Um, you just boil up um, black peppercorns um, with water and sugar. So you do a stock syrup, one-to-one -one syrup, but with so many black peppercorns in it. Now, here's the thing I'll tell you, okay? And this is true. I believe this as I believe in love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Um, I believe in a thing called love. Yeah, startless. They got that. They got that. You didn't. They got that. You didn't get it, Nathan. Fucking. <laughs> if when you're making a syrup, and also we'll be talking about cocktails a lot when we do the cardamom uh, podcast. When you make a, a stock syrup or indeed anything, it's always easier, with the one exception of salt. Don't oversalt things, but with everything else, be bold, because if you put too many chilies in. You can actually then add tomato puree, tomato paste, and you can let it down again and find your happy place with it. If you make a sugar syrup that's too peppery, we just add a bit more water, a bit more sugar. Better to have too peppery than not peppery enough. Because there's nothing I find more irritating than a flavour you cannot gain traction with. Why is it there? 
You know, if it's just a hint of a suggestion of a shadow of a flavour, it shouldn't be there. Because that's going to annoy you all night long. It's like a song lyric. You know, you never, you know, never. you can never quite put your finger on, you know. And I think it's really important that we, we, we teach things like this to the next generation because, you know, like those annoying song lyrics you can't place. I, you know, I, I mean, I believe when it comes to cooking, like with many things, I believe the children are our future, you know. And I think if we teach them well, we can let them lead the way. So, black pepper martini. Also, a black pepper Moscow mule. Because black pepper and lime, to me, is a lovely combination. There is that kind of flavourlessness of, of vodka that lets you get away with it. Weirdly, it doesn't work so well with gin because the intrinsic balance of the, the panicles is very easily upset. Although, weirdly, it works really well with a bad gin, if that makes sense to you. So, like a... a I'm not going to name a brand because they, <laughs> they might want to advertise with us. Um, but, you know, kind of like a, a, a cheapest chips gin can deal with its kind of internal um, mechanism being um, messed with. Um, Bacardi, weirdly, uh, kind of like a, a white rum, does sort of work. Spice rum won't work because there's already spice going on there. Um, I am, so there's a company up in Glasgow called Hidden Lane Brewery. Um, uh, friends of mine, before lockdown, we were going to start brewing beers together. And I was working on a couple of ideas. That was like a mango um, IPA. Um, basically, there are a few mango IPAs out in the market, really good ones like a Disco Forklift and... Um, by uh, my dear friends, the William Brothers. Um, but I was thinking about a black pepper porter, um, which we'll talk about because I effectively create a black pepper porter when I do my braised beef dishes. Um, so, for example, uh, when I do my, my beef pudding, beef suet pudding, I have black pepper, peppercorns, a pepper. Remember, when we spoke about, uh, what was it we were talking about? about cumin um, in chickpeas a while back. Remember the difference between peppercorns and black pepper, right? Um, if you can, kind of uh, mortar and pestle your own black pepper, nothing like it. Gives you ultimate control. Now, some people say, oh, I use a spice grinder. I have used a spice grinder, which interesting is what they call uh, a, a gay dating app in India. Do you like that, Nathan? Spice grinder. Because grinder, yeah, no? He's laughing. Can you hear him? He's coughing, he's laughing, he's coughing. He's trying to cover his face. He's so embarrassed. Sweetheart. Back to the dimples. So, but I, I like the non uniformity of a mortar and pestle. But also, you can, if you then choose just to go further, you know, it can. I wish you could see what I just saw. Little Nathan miming a mortar and pestle. I don't know what it is. Um, so I always finish my uh, black pepper cocktails with a dusting of black pepper. Um, also, when you do so plow rice, so my mum. Like, here's the thing, right? The older I get, and I'm like, I'm you know, 52. The more I hang out with my mum, the more I love her. And the more I respect her, and the more I just think, why did you put up with all my nonsense all those years? But she did, bless her. Wonderful woman. Um, I don't know where she gained all this knowledge. See, here's the thing. That's why I believe, I believe firmly. Listen, that's why we run the, the, the Curry Academy here. That's why we do the Curry Beginners class here. That's why we do the cook-alongs. It's because I believe you can learn. Yeah? If you have an interest, 
you can learn. If you don't have an interest in something, you'll never learn about it. That's when I was working in, uh, when I was living and working in Hackney in East London, one of the things I noticed was that a lot of those hard to reach kids, they get written off by the system. It's our job as the older generation to find a way in, right? And I went to this class once, this cookery school at Hackney College, amazing. And yeah, there were children shouting, right? And interacting with each other during the class. But do you know what they were shouting about? Sir, sir, can you repeat that bit again, please? I missed it, because they had to get it down. They were conferring because they wanted to make sure they had the right amounts of things. Yeah? You will teach a kid that, 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 that hasn't landed the idea of counting. You'll teach them to count if you teach them to bake. If you teach them to cook. They will, they will learn to write and read if they need to follow recipes. Because that passion burning up inside them is what keeps them awake every night. In many ways, it's what keeps me awake every night. Although mine's more heartburn <laughs> these days. So, um, it's really important that you want to learn things. And that you keep learning things. But what I've noticed in my mum is, there's just some of it is just given. Some of it just resides within you. In your potato soul. It's just there. And it, you know. So she used to make... Pl- now, listen, I'm not going to do this whole thing. I've never done this whole thing about, oh, we had no money growing up. We didn't. But pff, I can't tell you what I missed. I had a great time. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd a tracksuit to a football team. It wasn't a football team I supported, but it was on sale. And I got a Liverpool tracksuit. You know, I never went without anything. We got, got to go to India every few years when we were wee. We got, you know, went to Aaron, we went to Millport. You know, we, you know, we had a great upbringing. I missed, I missed and wanted for nothing. Um, but my mum, she would do this thing where, because rice was cheap, she would make a really lovely pilau rice and it'd be so flavourful that we didn't really notice that there wasn't that much chicken in it. You know, and you'd have it with like the potatoes left over from the chicken curry from the night before. Um, and it, the main ingredient, I always remember having to crack down on a, a black pepper corn. And just exploding flavour in my mouth and not being pleasant when I was wee because we make a lot of mistakes when we're younger. So, for example, when you're wee and you're teenagers, you don't like cabbage. Well, you don't like cabbage not necessarily because you don't like cabbage, but hey, some people just don't like cabbage. You don't like cabbage because your palate is developing, it's tasting so many things, right? When you get and also because we don't cook cabbage very well in the UK, which is why we're doing a whole podcast on cabbages later, a podcast. Well, cabbages is what I like to call them. Not a podcast. I do podcasts. Um, so, back to black pepper. Um, the recipe this week. Um, so, just for those uh, new to the to the, to the family. Uh, this podcast will talks about a recipe which we then, on Friday, uh, we do in the cook-along. So, if you're interested in um, doing this. And this is the first time we're actually doing a vegetarian um, and a, a meat split. So it's the same recipe, one for vegetarians and one for, for, for me. It's, it's um, uh, lamb, lamb chops, black pepper, garam masala, lamb chops, um, our black pepper, garam masala, paneer. So um, this we'll be doing with shop-bought paneer. Uh, and when we do the paneer recipe uh, and podcast later in the run, we'll come back and do that in a special um, kind of paneer section for you. So this is very simple. This is about time more than anything else. Um, if you can make your own paneer, please make your own paneer. 
and this masala just works a treat. I nearly said fucking treat, but it's fucking delicious. I made these chops actually a few weeks ago, and I was with my old friend Steph um, in in Winchester, uh, and her husband Gerald, lovely Gerald, gentleman Gerald, beautiful man, did them on the barbecue. And what you've got here is you've got that black pepper heat, and that tingle, not a tingle like Szechuan peppercorns, but a different sort of tingle and garam masala and salt. That's it. Olive oil. So you just marinate your paneer. If it's if it's the, the set paneer, the firm paneer, then you just chop it into cubes. You marinate it. Now bear in mind, there's only so much paneer is going to let in. It's imperm- impermeable in one way. But marinate anyway. Don't use olive oil. Just use like a rapeseed oil is amazing for this. I mean, you should always have rapeseed oil in the house. Or a bland, non-flavoured oil. Coat your lamb chops in that. Poke them with a fork. Just get their pores going. Now, we did this with the Barnsley chop. And much as I love a Barnsley chop, I don't think it's the best chop for this. I think you want something further up. So your Barnsley chop's at the bottom of the spine. You want further up, so it's your kind of fully formed chop. This will also work. This works well with, I think, meat on the bone. I think if you're going for a boneless, they're better. I, I, I wouldn't... Because boneless lamb costs a lot more. There are, there are other ways of doing it. This is a great recipe for that cut of meat. Um, oh, this also works really well with um, pork ribs, by the way. And chicken thighs. It works great with most things. But So you the black pepper, lots of black pepper. Now, when I say lots, if we're imagining a kilo and a half of chops, I'm talking three tablespoons. Tablespoons of black pepper. You want to taste it. Um, a couple of tablespoons of garam masala. Um, probably about two teaspoons of, of rock salt. Mix them all together. Give them a wee grind in the mortar and pestle. And you're thinking, well, why? They're already ground. Well, in re-grinding them together, you actually start the cross-pollination of flavours. You create a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth, all the way up to a ninth flavour. It's weird, because you three times three squared is the number of flavours you're getting out of those if you understand what I'm saying. Pairing and tripling and the single flavours. And then really rub it in. Really rub it into your lamb chops, yeah? Um, cling them, cover them. Nice. So bear in mind, you've got your oil on there first, so it's something to adhere to. Don't make the mistake I've often made, which was put the spice on and then add the oil. Oh, just wash the fucking spices off, doesn't it? Um, certainly with the paneer. With the paneer, <clears throat> what I would do is I'd, just, I'd keep it moving, you know, for, for longer than you think you need to. Because like I said, it's not going to permeate the paneer in the same way. But it will draw, the salt will draw some of the liquid out of the paneer and create a little kind of mini sauce thing going on there. And that that doesn't work quite so well. I tell you what would be great on the grill. Halloumi. Smashed it out of the park. So then, yeah, you can grill. Uh, you can barbecue grill your, your lamb chops. Um, if you're going to do it with your paneer, I like to put a bit of foil down first. Just because... They can quite easily fall through the bars um, and nobody wants to fall through the bars or the cracks in the pavement. That Served that with... Um, I did... Uh, what did I do? Oh, gosh, yes, I did. Oh, how do you feel about rhubarb? I did a chilli rhubarb jam. So just sugar, rhubarb, chilli, salt, lots of black pepper. That's what it's about this week, ladies and gentlemen. Cooked down and just... Got to get the sugar right. People hold back on the sugar. Sugar is an ingredient. 
use it. Yeah? Cut it out of your life in other places. Cut out the invisible sugar in your diets. Right? Like the invisible salt. See, this thing that breaks my heart, right? We'd also, I mean, obviously, we've done black pepper. We'll do salt uh, in the next few months as well. I watch people don't season their food when they cook. And then they season it at the table. Now, this is simple maths, right? This isn't rocket surgery, right? If there's no salt in your food and you're seasoning the top of it, you use more salt. So you're actually doing yourself a disservice. So that's black pepper. How do we feel about black pepper this month? Do we feel good about it? Oh, how can I kind of most remiss of me? I was going to go. I was going to go without giving you like one of my favorite things in the world. So, you know what a parata is, right? A parada, as you lovely white people say it. I mean, you colonize us, but you couldn't pick up the language. Um, so it's a, a flaky fried bread. Now, my mum, loon milch uh, is salt pepper in Punjabi. Loon milch prata with butter and a tablespoon of yogurt. A little bit of pickle if you want. Or just on its own. What a showcase for the flavour of pepper. See, salt and pepper are clubbed together. And much as I understand why they're clubbed together, they're completely different. Salt, you need salt to taste things. Without salt, you can't, It you know, and salt draws water out, it does this, it raises the boiling temperature, or lowers the, does all these amazing chemical things. Pepper. Pepper is the dark horse, the African-American horse of the family, you know? It does what it does in ways that will begin to surprise you. Now, I leave you with this final bit of advice because food is, love is, right, that's right, well done. (laughs) If you're going to have a go with black pepper, if you're someone that hasn't cooked with black pepper very much, do me one favour. Right, and I mean what I'm about to say to you, this is most sincere. If you're gonna go with that black pepper, go bold. Use a lot, use too much. There's a really strong chance you're gonna mess up. If you do, send me the pictures and we'll send you a little something, right? We'll make it up to you. Because I want to encourage your ability to, to, to take risks. Why should cooking be any different from any other aspect of life? From the arts, from business, from war, from politics. Fortune favours the brave. Be brave. Take a risk. It's only a meal. And like I say, if it's really rank and horrible and disgusting, we'll sort you out with a, a free month something this or an apron or something, right? We will be there for you. I'm not going to ditch you because I love you. Because food is? Love is? Good. Nice one. Have a lovely week. See you for the cook-along. Remember, you can catch... Uh, other amazing black pepper things, the cocktails, um, the other bits and pieces, the plow, the black pepper plow, the prata. We're going to be doing that on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon. Um, and I'll see you for the cook along on Friday. Have a lovely week. Beautiful people.